This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Kobe. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, again, you can bring up anything on this program. I can tell you that is some rocking music in the background there. That, uh, that's good metal. Just goes on and on. <laughs> it's going on a little longer than it's supposed to. I wonder if our board op's even there tonight. <laughs> We're running on uh, autopilot tonight. It appears the, uh, the board op has been idle for 13 minutes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, we've got a great email to start the show out here. You know, if we were actually in the same room as the board op, I could go over and pop the music down, but it'll, kind of, it'll fade out eventually, I'm sure. Uh, we got an email. It has to run out, right? It, it doesn't it go will on forever. Run out. And there it went. Uh, so, <laughs> we have an email with so many questions, so many good questions, and I feel we really should start the show with it, especially since we're... It could know, take a whole show, that's sl- why. <laughs> we're slow on the phones here. We might even just do it in segments, maybe hit a segment of it uh, this hour, maybe a segment next tomorrow night or something. We'll see how it goes. And of course, we'd love your uh, input on these questions as well. Questions about the marketplace and how it could provide things like fire service, uh, fire protection, police protection, uh, and just general questions about the marketplace as well. Very interesting uh, questions, and uh, I'm sure questions a lot of people ask when they hear us talking about getting these services out of the hands of government and putting them into the hands of uh, privateers in the marketplace. Well, it's something that we haven't ever experienced firsthand. I mean, we have it sometimes. So we've all grown up with government all around us handling fire and police and such services, and it's hard right. to imagine really what it would be like without them. So... But it is possible, and uh, and we can see little examples of it here and there. We can see how the marketplace generally does things better than government can do these things. It's competition. So, um, but yes, you're right, Toby. We've never actually had it full-on you know, police protection. Sure, there are private security services, but we've never had to go without government police. Um, and there are private fire services as well. But let's get into the questions from Ezra. He emails in, guys, a series of questions for you about your theories. Fires. A predominant problem with fire is it can affect for the one person's home and even or even land that isn't owned. This raises a question or two. Number one, what happens if my neighbor doesn't pay for fire service and his house catches fire, causing mine to catch fire? What does the fire department do and can I sue him? Well, uh, let's think about this. Uh, first of all, most people that own homes have an interest in insuring, uh, are interested in insuring them. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody um, is. I'm sure there are some people that would say, you know what, screw it. I'd rather go without insurance. I'll take my chances. Right. I just don't, I don't believe in fire. <laughs> or whatever. Um, you know, weather, wind, and the other dangerous things that can destroy your home. And so if you're going to have home insurance, it seems to me that any home insurer is going to require fire coverage. I don't know. Seems um, to me. I, I, I disagree. Uh, a home insurer would cover you for what they cover you for, and if your house is destroyed by something else, then you're just SOL. Well, that, may be the, that might be the case. But I think that most homeowners are going to be interested in fire coverage for their homes. Uh, certainly there is a chance that somebody won't be, in which case I think that... Um, now, I would say that uh, the vast majority of Americans hold mortgages, and the, the bank's bath. certainly going to be interested. The, the yeah. banks are very interested in you having uh, fire insurance. Just like when you buy a new automobile. While we don't have required insurance here in New Hampshire, if you're financing an automobile, you certainly have to have insurance because the bank is going to force exactly. you to. Exactly. Right. So that covers 
Actually, most of them. 98%. And that's really the number. 98% of Americans don't have, own their homes. Do, do, well, yeah, they don't fully own they their own homes. They own it through the bank. Yeah. So that's a good observation. But let's, let's look at the 1% or the 2% where somebody might say, you know what, I paid my house off, screw it, no insurance, no fire insurance, no protection whatsoever, and then, you know, a blaze starts. How does that, how do you handle it if you live next door? Well, You've got fire protection on your home, unless you're a fool, so you just simply call your fire protection and they will, you know, come out and protect your home from the say, blaze next door. I'd say absolutely um, that, you know, that, that you could sue the guy. As far as if I'm If he concerned, causes damage to your property, absolutely. It, even if his fire, which he chose not to uh, get fire protection for, um, if you can show some kind of negligence, yeah. And I, to me, not having fire insurance is negligent. In Absolutely. the same way that um, driving around on the road without um, you know, some kind of insurance to protect somebody that you might hit is negligent. So I think that answers that question. Number two, related to this, what about what happens about tenants in an apartment block? Well, that one's easy. Yeah, that one's very easy. Uh, the apartment building, the complex, clearly is going to have insurance uh, on their facility. So the the apartment tenants don't have to worry about things like that. That's one of the nice things about renting is you don't have to worry about paying for insurance and that sort of thing. It's all included mm-hmm. in the cost of your rent. So that one's taken care of. Number three, what about land which is owned but has no belongings, therefore no need for fire protection, but it has trees which are fire prone? What happens when that catches fire? Unimproved land. Well, first of all, let's look out to California to see what's happening right now. Remember, right now, we've got wildfires that are just, you know, going crazy and destroying people's, uh, destroying forest land and then destroying neighborhoods and so on and so forth and putting people out of their homes. And much of that land is government owned. Much of the land that those uh, that is catching fire is government owned. A lot of private land is better taken care of. That's not to say that everyone who owns private land will, will take care of it, will go and, you know, um, prevent uh, go and pull up the brush or the underbrush or whatever and, and prevent fires. So um, if that's the case, then once again, as long as you are covered on your property in regards to fire coverage, then you should be okay. If somebody wants to let their forest burn, okay, it's it's their forest, right? They should be able to let it burn if they want to, don't you think? I, I, I can see the dangers in a, uh, a forest catching fire and, uh, you know, possibly sweeping up into the forest that's on your land or something like that. Um once again, you know, it's it's an issue. I wouldn't think that the the, uh, the fire insurance for a piece of unimproved land would be very much. Um, insurance can be relatively inexpensive when you're talking about, uh, you know, stuff that's unlikely to happen. Would it not be a lot or would it be a little bit higher uh, depending on the amount of upkeep done to the land? Would that be a, would that be a factor? Sure, that would be a huge factor. Um, if you were going in and uh, harvesting the trees at the right time and not letting the deadfall accumulate and all that other stuff make a big big difference so uh so again um you know as long as you've got protection for your land you should be okay right right? and And if you're worried about that um you know if you're going to live in a neighborhood a deed restricted neighborhood make sure the entire uh, obviously in a deed restricted neighborhood they could require people to have fire protection so the whole neighborhood could have fire protection there could be some sort of uh, boundary outside of that that would also be protected in order to protect you from a you know wild forest fire and another thing i'd like to put in here is that um the people that are in careers like fire department, ambulance service, nurses, you know, th- these people that are in the careers to, to help people and yeah. do some good, likely they'll go out and take care of that problem anyway. Um, for instance, the situation in uh, Louisiana when uh, when the Hurricane Katrina came through, all the ambulance services disappeared from town. The, the cops, they were stealing TVs from stores. Mm-hmm. The only people running ambulance service calls was a private company from outside the city. 
Right. right. They're the ones who stepped up the plate and did what it took. The the government bureaucrats, for some reason or another, didn't think that, you know, just didn't do it. They they were probably following orders, which was the orders, get the hell out of here! The right. city's flooding! Yeah. You know, and when you're in a bureaucracy, you're likely to follow orders. When you're working for a private company, you're likely to come up with solutions. Yeah, and businesses have an, a vested interest in helping out in such disasters, because if you're the fire department who came to the scene and put out this forest fire, well, you might have some more clients that you're going to get from that. Right. People could say, wow, they came in and saved my butt. Or um, they could, you know, send a, they could send a bill to the owner, or the owner could say, hey, how much do I owe you for that? Right. Thanks for stepping in. And sure. the, or the owner could say, you know, that was really great. Maybe I should have fire service. It's yeah. obvious something could happen. Are we also assuming that all the volunteer fired up firefighters have disappeared? Because the majority of firefighters are volunteer. Are we assuming that if the government pulled out that all the volunteers would pull out? Well, it just seems that the marketplace would be more efficient if it were operating for a profit. I mean, the volunteers, it's good and everything. Uh, but as uh, some have pointed out, they're not sitting there waiting for the fires to happen. They're busy well, doing true. what they're doing. They have to get a call. They have to then report to the station, suit up, get ready, but get the trucks But when it comes to out. a forest fire or something like a bigger fire where more hands are needed on the ground and such, I think there could still be a place for volunteer sure. firefighters. Who knows right. how the market when, would organize When you're talking itself. about rural areas, volunteer fire departments make a lot of sense because a private fire company just doesn't – there's not enough calls for them to make right. – you know, for financially to make any sense. I've been looking into uh, joining a, a, a volunteer force here in, you know, around Keene. And, uh, you know, it's it's a volunteer force, so it takes them a little longer to respond, but they've never lost a cellar hole. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. More questions from our emailer here and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the bulletin board system. we got over 300,000 posts waiting for you, all kinds of different uh, topics, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, again, you can take control, bring up anything at 800-259-9231, and you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We are reading a series of questions from a listener, we're going to take a break in here. Just we'll get through one more and then we'll uh, break off because we've been talking about fire protection and we'll go right into the phone calls here. But she, um, our listener uh, Ezra is concerned about well, you know, what about some uh, what about the marketplace? Can it really handle fire protection? Uh, what if people don't buy fire protection on their property? And as you pointed out, Mark, 98% of properties are held in mortgage. Homes are, are held in mortgage by mm-hmm. a by bank. And, of course, they require things like insurance. And they would also require fire protection. So that would cover most of it right there. And then as long as you have protection on your property, you are protected from an unprotected property that might abut you. Uh, so there's that factor as well. So as, as long as you're insured, you should be okay. And if someone else's fire does damage to your property, that's a, that's an actionable case that you could take to arbitration. 
Number four, though, uh, Ezra's question is, as in one, how can you avoid the problem of, of herd immunity, which is something that happens with vaccination? People can get away with not vaccinating their children because others have. The same thing can be said for fire, but both are hardly fair. So once again, I think the uh, the 98 percent addresses that um, most of the herd is going to have the fire protection because it's the right thing to do, the sensible thing to do, and it will be required by well, their mortgage. Company. I think what he's saying is that 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 in and of itself, the fact that some people don't pay is a problem and those people should pay. But I think that the fact that those people leave themselves liable for damages that their pro- uninsured property would cause mm-hmm. because you can it, as far as i'm concerned it would be negligent not to have some kind of fire protection on your land yeah what do you do your, save your a house. couple hundred bucks a year and then you if lose that, your house um right it's it's negligent not to and you're you're putting other people in danger in the same way that if you go out on the road and you don't have uh insurance well you aren't putting other people in danger necessarily you're just being stupid you're putting guess, your own property. I guess in you're danger. right. It's not putting people in danger as much. Well, with, you might with not having your fire insurance, in danger. With not having fire insurance, you're putting people in danger. With in a car, you're um, you're you're endangering them to have to pay for their own damages. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't think it's uh, you're putting other people in danger necessarily. I think that as if long you as, don't have fire insurance, as long as you have insurance on your property and protection on your property, then you're not in danger. Right. But should I have to protect myself from other people's burning property? Well, if they are uninsured, then yeah, then right. you'd obviously right. have to. I don't feel that um, I don't feel that there's a responsibility engendered in the fact that uh, in, in that the you should personal responsibility says you should insure your property. I should insure mine. Absolutely, but yes. there will be irresponsible people. Right, and likely I would insure myself against some kind of um, you know against all kinds of fire, even if it pr- spreads in from somebody else's property. In the same way that uh, there is uninsured drivers insurance. You know, you buy insurance because people don't make the right choices. And that's okay. Because, again, if enough people are buying fire insurance, and most people will, it'll be an affordable product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that most places don't catch on fire in a given year. And so, therefore, that there'll be plenty of profit in, the, uh, in that particular insurance uh, wing, that particular business. And uh, it won't cost people a lot of money. So, really, it'll be, it, won't be, it won't be like it'll be financially prohibitive to people either, necessarily. Likely it would not. So. Right. And I think that we don't even know what would happen, what would spring up. There could be that a fire insurance is offered that if uh, any fire within a facility of your home catches on fire, your fire department's going to spring to action and help put that one out too. So I don't know that it would necessarily, we don't good point. exactly know what would happen with it. So we don't really know all the factors either. Excellent point. And we've also, uh, we've certainly seen that in California, the private insurers that are out there that are insuring the uh, the relatively upscale homes are, are really very, very active in prevention of fire. Uh, they go out and they spray down fire-prone areas with the, uh, the, the special foam, mm-hmm. and that absolutely just knocks it out. So there are definitely some very, very foolproof methods to uh, to keeping the stuff under control. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that it's the first place that people should go in uh, finding freedom is getting rid of the fire department in their local community. No, we're not talking about getting rid of anything, Mark. We're talking about turning it over to the marketplace. Okay. Um, you know, getting rid of the uh, coercively funded fire departments okay. in your local community. But, you know, it, 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 one of the first places that I would start looking if you want to cut budgets is those darn public schools. Sure, sure, sure. But the, the questions are about fire and police, and so yeah. people want to know. So sure. we're going to the phones. You can bring up anything. We'll get to the uh, the police questions here in a little while. Uh, your calls are primary. We talked to Dr. Patrick on the amplifier line in Georgia. Hello, Dr. Patrick. Hi, guys. Hey, what's um, on your mind? I have a, I'm going to change topics here, and sure. I want to talk about I'm dating a girl, 
and it is our first anniversary, your anniversary coming up. And I'm pretty serious with this girl. Lovely. I have no idea what to get her. So what do you guys, I want to throw it out to you and your listeners. I have, I'm not sure what to do. So I'm the wrong person to ask on this. It's first anniversary or Christmas that first, you're buying for? No, first anniversary. Okay. And that's about Christmas time? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's December 6th. Okay. So it's, it's a little before. That means I get the double whammy probably coming up. Well, there's always uh, the, 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 the always the uh, the fail safe of uh, jewelry, to, you know, sparkly, sim- sim- simple and elegant jewelry. But what is she like? Is she a jewelry person? She's got a really good sense of humor. Like you could actually get her a gag gift, and she'd think it was funny. But I don't think that's good for an anniversary. But she she does agree. like jewelry, but uh, she has expensive taste. I don't know if a mm. first year is the right way to go on that. I I, I would agree that there could be some problems there with uh, picking yeah, out jewelry. I, I, Flowers are kind of a fail safe, aren't they? God, so cliche, guys. Come on, give me something good. <laughs> you don't. You, you know, want something that's not cliche, flowers, but is, but aren't women? Ex- I mean, aren't a lot of women expecting cliches to some extent? You know, don't they want to be bowled over by a big bouquet and you know, sparkling gem? I mean, that sort of thing. I now my my girlfriend's not like this. She wouldn't be impressed by that stuff. But well, well yeah. What did you get, Julia? Not a damn thing. No, <laughs> like a stick of gum. No, no, he gives he gives nothing. Hey, I've got an idea. How about two tickets to the Liberty Forum? There you oh, go. I would love to go to that. But, um, that's not a bad idea. Maybe um, it, you, ca- you call it a trip to New Hampshire. <laughs> now, Mark, you've been married to Laura for a couple of years yeah, now. Come on now. No, well, I mean, when you were together with Laura, what did you do? Did you do anything at all? When I was together, I am together. Well, I mean, when you were with her, before the marriage, because you guys aren't married yet. This is girlfriend, right? Yeah, it's just girlfriend, but uh, you know we're serious. So um, I'd like to do good for the first. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It, it, I don't think there'd be much pressure on the second or third or fourth, but I feel like the first one will be remembered. So I kind of gotta think. I um, when it came to Laura, she's one of these gals that doesn't think you know, just doesn't need anything. So therefore, buying things for her doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I generally would uh, you know, spring for meal out or something like that. I mean, maybe a short trip that would be very memorable. Yeah, I, was, I mean, it seems like dinner is sort of a, a guarantee, right? I mean, you're going to do a dinner, but you're probably going to do something along with it, right? Dinner and the, and a gift. Is that what you were thinking? Well, yeah, I think I'd probably cook something. She likes, I think, I don't know, maybe, would you think a girl would like it more if you cooked for her or took her out? It would depend on yeah. the girl. Are you a good cook? I also, I like the idea of some kind of a short trip, maybe a weekend away. I don't know what your budget is. Something inexpensive that you could do that shows that you really care. You might appreciate Maybe it. some of our listeners will have some good ideas. Yeah, yeah. we're going to open up the Throw phones, and if you've got a suggestion for Dr. Patrick here, uh, it's his first year anniversary. To call in, please. Yeah, we'll see what we can figure out here on this, and uh, thanks for the call, dude. Let us know what you end up deciding to do, all right? Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, dude, and how it goes. More on the way, 800-259-9231. What would you do if you were in his position? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. It's a place to go. Shrine of Female Listeners is there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Wow and amaze your techie friends with a new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings 12 feet 
and it's a perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. We just got off the phone with uh, Dr. Patrick calling in from Georgia. He is coming up on his first anniversary, not wedding anniversary, but first uh, girlfriend, boyfriend kind of first year uh, together. And he wants to celebrate it. He wants to um, purchase something that will be memorable. That's what that's the requirement that it be memorable uh, for the young lady that he's with. And he wasn't so sure as to what to get. So that's what he had called in about asking us our thoughts. Uh, Toby, you have a, a relatively young lady that you're with, and you've been with her for a couple of years now, I think. Uh, did, did you do anything on your, on your first anniversary? Yeah, the first anniversary, I got her a nice necklace. Well, not too nice. She knows my financial situation. I'm not a, You're a college student. <laughs> not a rich man yeah. by any standards, but um, something nice and sparkly that she can show off to her friends, and haha, I like it. Um, since then, we've gone with the more useful stuff that... Or both of us could use. But the first year, that's what, what I did. But she also likes the flowers. We did the flowers, flowers and going okay. out, to, out to eat. All the regular cliche stuff, but it works for her and it works for me. Work for you. Okay. <laughs> and, and this guy's a doctor, so he can probably afford a little something nice. Uh, and again, you know, like, how can you go wrong with flowers, right? I mean, most girls are into that, aren't they? I, he, he considered it cliche and... He, he, yeah, he did sort of bat that one away. But if it's uh, on top of something else... But yeah, dinner's cliche too, right? I mean, everybody goes out to dinner. I, I would think that I would consider flowers an accent to anything if I was going to spend right. money on them. Um, you know, you... I, <sighs> Wouldn't be just flowers. You'd get it as some, right. a, like a piece of jewelry and flowers. Right. Flowers are for... In, in my opinion, you don't send flowers for birthdays, anniversary. You know, maybe maybe a birthday at work, mm-hmm. and then you would do something else. But I see. Right. You know, yeah. I've found flowers to be most effective when they're unexpected, but they also work for special occasions as and, an accent. For and if you send else. them to work, <laughs> so send, all the friends see them as right. well. That's yeah. a good point. All right, let's go to the phones. I believe Curdy in Missouri has a comment on this one. Curdy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I, I think the best gift when you don't know what to give is a locket that has something in it that reminds them of the previous year. Hmm. Interesting. That's a pretty darn sentimental. Now, have you done this one? Or Works every time. What is, yeah. what is, for example, have you put inside the locket? Um, anything from, like, if you've got them roses in the past and you happen to have a, a, a rose petal you can put in there, a photograph... Um, and since she's got a sense of humor, like you said, you could even, you know, get dress yourself up as a clown and put that in there as a picture. You can really personalize a locket. A picture of me. That'd be great. A great gift to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, and lockets probably aren't too expensive, are they? Unless they're like diamond encrusted or something, right? Just like anything else, how much do you want to spend? Yeah, right. ab- absolutely the truth. Very good, Curtis. Any other question, suggestions? Though. You were you were talking earlier about the difference uh, of insurance and stuff, and I've always had a hard time giving my money to these large corporations. I was a little curious what you uh, uh, the private insurance companies. Uh, I'm not familiar with that in the least. I'm sorry. What what's your uh, what's your question exactly? What exactly are these these smaller private insurance companies you were talking about? Well, I mean, uh, like going with the large, you know, Geico car insurance or something. You know, I mean, you, you're giving your money to these large corporations all the time, and that's the last thing I want to do. But I what about you, keeping the money more local? I think what you're talking about is, uh, in in fact, uh, Ian was mentioning that there was this additional, this sort of uh, high end uh, uh, fire insurance that people could have, and they had out in California, and um, basically, it's it's the larger companies offering a premium service. I gotcha. 
Well, yeah. there might be smaller insurers. Yeah, I, you, I mean, you can go. There's you can check out insurance companies online, and um, you'll find out you know which ones are bigger, which ones are smaller, which ones are double A, triple A rated. Just interested in keeping the money more local. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, for instance, here in Keene, uh, there's a company that that is, I think it's called the Insurance Group, and uh, it, it's a very nice sort of family-owned uh, company. I think that they, you know, obviously they buy their insurance out through somebody else. They're kind of like the broker. Uh, but essentially, if you're passing money through a local broker's hands, then it is going to support local people. And, and they're choosing, you know, who the actual insurer is down the line. So Great. there you go. I hope that helps. Thank you. Curdy, thanks. 800-259-9231. So that way, instead of dealing with, you know, Allstate, you can deal with a an independent that might be buying their insurance you know, through who knows what, First Protective or whatever. There's so many different insurers out there, and they're they're pretty much faceless because it's the the local brokers that are the face of the organization, essentially. It's true, right? I go through a larger insurance company, but I still know my broker by first name and right. talk to him on a first name basis. And while it does go to the larger corporation, it sort of stays local because he gets a paycheck that he spends exactly. locally right here too. So. And they're the ones that are sending it. In the case of the brokers, they're the ones sending out the inspectors, and it's them that are the right. feet on the ground when the insurers need something done. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some hand in hand operation going on there between the local guys yeah. and the big uh, the big companies. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control here. So whether you've got a suggestion for our doctor friend who called in earlier asking about you know anniversary gifts, or you want to bring up whatever's on your mind, let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Dave listening in Athens, Ohio, on WAIS. Hey, Dave. Hello, Dave. Dave going once. Dave Hello? in Ohio. Hello, there Dave. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, I'm a fan of free speech, but I am a hard time when people like you heard the song the black eyed peas song that they had to do away with because it made fun of people oh I'm not sure familiar with this. i don't know which one it is oh i can't even say it because just use a letter for the uh whatever word r. That is offensive r r i don't know so wait now you're <laughs> saying that they got rid of a song because it offended too many people yeah and i agree with that and who is they? I mean, are you talking about radio stations, MTV? Um, People with disabilities. Oh, ah. like retarded? Yeah. I see. Um, it's, you know, um, the, the the fact is that the marketplace is going to handle most of these issues. Um, if for Sounds instance, like the marketplace handled it. It does sound like the marketplace handled it in this particular instance. Um, you know, Clear Channel is a uh, privately held corporation, and then there's other radio stations. Well, they're going private. Going private, yeah. But, yeah. but it's public in the, um, that sense. But it's not government, right? So you're saying that the stations clear that up, or yeah, they get the choice. Uh, if I own a radio station, I'm not going to allow uh, you know people to say the n word or, or, or call people retards you on could. the air. But you could. But I could. That's not a violation of FCC law or anything like right. that. Right, and rules. it's right. It's um, so you could get away with doing it. It's these stations chose to self censor. They decided not to play that stuff, and because they didn't want to offend their audience. I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have I to support with them. That. And uh, I scold Ian every time he uses the term "jip" on the air because I think that's the new one. I don't think we should make fun of gypsies just gypsies. because yep. somebody, some gypsies, might rip people off. All right, thank you. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Appreciate right. the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and and you'll see examples of this from time to time. Uh, for instance, and they're not always going to go in the way that you agree with. For instance, the Dixie Chicks stirred up some controversy a couple of years ago when they had uh, when they spoke out against uh, President Bush's administration on stage at one of their concerts. Mm-hmm. Really, that stirred the pot at a lot of uh, country radio stations across the uh, co- across America, and I think uh, there were a number of stations that had 
essentially like a bonfire out in front of their station, what they would do is they would invite their listeners to come down and throw their Dixie Chicks CDs in a essentially a you know a, an oil drum that was on fire or something like that, and uh, and you know obviously a lot of listeners uh, responded to that, and and the the stations took a stand, which could have been a controversial stand. It could have lost some listeners as a result of that, but they felt it was going to be uh, something that most of their listeners would appreciate. Now. We probably wouldn't appreciate it because uh, we support freedom of speech, and uh, absolutely the Dixie Chicks should have been able to critique President Bush without without having any fallout. But they did, you know. It didn't hurt them in the long run, though, because their concerts kept selling out. So I think they probably gained as many fans as they lost in uh, in that particular instance. But nonetheless, the marketplace did respond, and uh, and a lot of country stations pulled their music off of the air. As it usually did. And then my dad found out about them because he's very anti-Bush, but he heard about these guys that are anti-Bush. So, they so gained he some started more listening fans. to the Dixie Chicks? Yeah, after that he bought all their CDs. Interesting. <laughs> See, there's my point exactly. It's interesting how the uh, the marketplace responds in in both directions. 1-800-259-9231. And speaking of the market, uh, we're, get ba- we're going to get back into market police. What happens if we take the police out of the hands of the government? Well, a lot of questions spring up, that's for sure. We'll address them and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, if you like the show. We ask that you shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It doesn't matter if it's used item or news, uh, new item. 41 categories to shop in. Free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Just go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done, especially your holiday shopping. I mean, you're going to have to b- probably buy a whole bunch of stuff for people in your family and your friends and all that. Do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. We jump back into an email we started at the, the beginning of the hour. Uh, Ezra is pretty concerned about this whole free market situation, has a lot of questions. Uh, very curious. Cause good questions. Good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions that I, inevitably a lot of people will be asking themselves if we are discussing things like uh, free market fire protection and even police protection. What happens when you take the, uh, the, the police out of the hands of the government and put it in the hands of people in search of a profit, uh, people in the marketplace? He has a, f- a series of questions, so here we go. Number one, in regards to police... And uh, before we go on yes. here, I just want to make it clear that you're the one out there proposing that we take the police out of the uh, market, uh, out of the hands of... Uh, Me and everyone else with uh, a head on their shoulders. Right. <laughs> and and I'm not proposing that, so I may be able to come up with a few answers, but I, I think that uh, at, at this point that, we, uh, that the, the libertarians should be proposing... You know, uh, changes that would be the the biggest, most important changes for freedom. Sure, sure. Like uh, no longer enforcing speed limit laws, uh, ending the war on drugs, uh, replacing stop signs with yield signs, that sort of thing. Those can be done under the current system. I don't know that I would get rid of uh, speed limit signs necessarily, but... uh, I said not enforcing them anymore. I don't know if I'd get rid of um, stop enforcing speed limits necessarily. I certainly think that many of them are placed artificially low, Mm -hmm. but... uh, you know, and and the problem is, is there is no market mechanism for setting speed limits. Number one, laws exist to protect the marketplace. Who enforces those? 
I'm not sure. Maybe he's referring to like health code, that sort of thing, uh, building codes. As I, and that's my guess when he says laws are to protect the marketplace. Uh, well, we've we've talked about this before. Certainly in the marketplace, if there's a demand for um, some sort of safety protection, safety certification, whether it be for your rest, you know, your favorite restaurant, or whether it be for you know um, building codes and that sort of thing. Uh, again, insurers are going to come into play here when it comes to building codes. Uh, if you're going to get insurance, they're going to require that you be up to spec. Right. Um, secondly, uh, when it comes to health insur- or health codes, then right. restaurants are going to want to prove to their clientele that they're safe, that they're clean, and they're going to have um, third-party protection agencies, third-party certifiers coming in and checking their equipment, checking their uh, service, and uh, going back and, and checking for cleanliness and that sort of thing. You know, and uh, these things, uh, often when you're talking about, like, say, building inspectors the, uh, or, you know, health inspectors or anything like that, these things are arbitrary. These people are sometimes, they do their jobs, sometimes they don't. If they did do their jobs all the time, there wouldn't be any food poisoning at all. We still get food poisoning, right? Sure. So, um, but sometimes they do enforce their um, the rules. Like for instance, I uh, was I, I put a door in um, a house that I had in uh, Sarasota, Florida, and I was at the the door company, and the guy um, said, "Oh yeah, the rules and such and such, so and so. Apparently, a door requires 36 tap cons in uh, Florida. You know, screws to hold the door frame in. Mm-hmm. And he, not he, but his his worker had put in 34. Ooh. And the building inspector uh, kicked it back, and this guy, and and it wasn't close. He apparently had taken the job. A couple of counties away, so he had to, you know, go basically spend an entire day to go put two screws in a door. Jeez! And yet, what would have been the difference? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just so rigid insanity. Right. That's it's it's rigid. Yeah, and, and it's it's also a lot of the time very arbitrary and can be used against people if one competition is giving a little kickbacks to the other. Right. Well, well, a lot now, of. That now there's a health inspector that can put someone out of business by seeing one thing oh, or yeah. ignoring someone else in there's another business. There's definitely political games that can be played with the government sure, system. Sure, if you don't think um, if you don't think the, uh, the the insulation lobbyists have anything to do with how much insulation is required <laughs> yes. in a given state, you're just you're you're not living in the real world. Absolutely, anyone who's worked in uh, contracting can tell you that a lot of the code. Simply drives business to new uh, to certain industries. Right, that's Ca- all it is. You know the the um the the big machinery companies. Those are the ones that uh, set the rules as far as uh, deciding what you have to do as far as a septic tank and what kind of leach mm-hmm. field you need and all this other stuff. Why? Because well, you need a big piece of equipment to move that dirt around, and you know somehow or another I can uh, I can feed my, my sc- table scraps to my dog. And he can go and do his business out on the front lawn. But if I did it, everybody would get cholera. If I had <laughs> ten dogs, right, <laughs> um, they would, there would be ten times as much stuff on the front lawn. But right. nobody's getting cholera. Now, I'm not saying that we should dump our waste on our, you know, right, right out in our sure. front lawns. But I'm just saying that likely there's a whole of bunch of overkill in what we do as far as construction. Yep. So, again, the marketplace would come up with those protections on its own because right. consumers are demanding that. Right. And it wouldn't be arbitrary, like Toby said. With and it would actually rules. protect the consumer from things that cost way too much, too. Now, and also, you have to remember, though, that the marketplace isn't utopia, okay? That's not what, what I'm proposing. Uh, there are There's still going to be that chance that somebody could open up a restaurant and not have any sort of inspection and not have any certification or anything at all like that. 
And let me tell you, rest, people that go out to restaurants, they know what to look for. Um, you know, especially people that are looking specific for, for specific foods like kosher foods and that sort of thing. People that are concerned about cleanliness are going to know that there are certain logos that they'll look for on the door of the restaurant as they're going in. And it'll say, you know, certified weekly or certified daily or certified whatever right. uh, the marketplace is. Dem- or whatever. Right, whatever the marketplace is demanding. And if you want to go and, and eat food at a place that's completely uncertified, that should be your risk. So, for instance, when you go to your, you know, your grandma's house or a, another family member, no certifications going on. On there, you're absolutely at risk, but 99 times out of 100, you're going to be just fine. Right. People don't want to poison their customers. Right. They want their customers to come back. What's the, It's like a guarantee. If somebody gets sick... They're going to tell people. Yeah, they're going to tell people, and they're not coming back, and nobody's coming. Number two, who pays for the rest of the justice system, judges, etc.? Well, of course, the loser will pay. And this is another area that we can uh, change the current system, Mark, to mm-hmm. uh, to make Mark happier with the current government system. We can make it a loser-pays system where uh, that will do a, a, a whole lot to drastically reduce the number of frivolous lawsuits that we have. Because you couldn't just throw a lawsuit up and see if it sticks. Um, if you lost the, the lawsuit that you were bringing, you would have to pay the cost of the, the person that you had challenged. And similar in the marketplace, again, if you are bringing a suit and you lose, then you're, you're going to have to bear the burden of whatever costs have been incurred. So the customers will be paying. In the case of arbitration, you are paying an arbitrator to decide your case. You enter into a contract with, with that arbitration court, and that contract is obviously going to have uh, you know, a certain value on it. It's going to have a dollar, t- uh, dollar tag on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a service, right? right? You're paying for a service. And, you know, the fact is, you have to pay for government courts today anyway. Yeah, you do. And you pay out the nose for them. (laughs) Right. Because there's no competition. There's no other court down the street that you can go to to have many of these cases uh, adjudicated at. And in the marketplace, there would be. In the marketplace, uh, arbitrators would compete based on honesty and price and and quickness. That's another factor that you'd get in the marketplace uh, arbitration courts as opposed to government courts. Government courts could give a flip about how fast they're going to see your case. Whereas in the in the the world of arbitration, speed's going to be a factor. You're going to want to go to Johnny's arbitration service because you've heard he's the fastest in town. That sort of thing. You know, and um, as far as enforcement goes, people often think that the courts have uh, some huge enforcement measure. But when it comes to a civil, uh, uh, when when you get some kind of uh, civil ruling from a court. There's no enforcement. No cops go out and make people pay or anything really? like that. You just get an, you just get a judgment, and largely people will pay them. You can put liens right. on people's property and stuff like that, but you have to go through the steps to do it. Next question. Who enforces land rights? Where does land for communities come from? Well, um, there are privately built communities all over the place. These, you know, planned communities that people like to buy mm-hmm. their houses in where they all sort of look the same and all that. Um, they... Those people bought a big plot of land, and then they subdivided it, and they sold it to people. That's how that works. Uh, Who enforces land rights? Well, again, that would be uh, title insurance, um, titles and deeds and that sort of stuff. Those that documentation that shows that you own this land is again another service that could simply be turned over to the marketplace. And uh, similar to how we have uh, credit agencies that sort of share information amongst themselves, certainly. Title agencies would be sharing information as well, because a title insurer doesn't want to insure a title unless he knows it's clean. So he's going to check it out and going to make sure that it's what it's supposed to be and it can't be snatched up by anybody and, you know, whatever the other nasty little things that could happen, uh, I suppose, when it comes to titles. So, again, let the title insurers handle that. 
These are all things that the marketplace can easily handle if we just let them. There's no need for a government monopoly in these areas. Government monopolies just make things worse, more expensive, arbitrary. Hour two's coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you'd like toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The feature's there. Completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're in the middle of an email here, and we'll bring you up to speed. Essentially, it's somebody who has heard us talking about marketizing certain government services, services that, um, as you put it last hour, Toby, sort of we've always thought they should be handled by the government because, well, they always have been, at least in our lifetimes. Right. And so, you know, should we just go through our lives presuming that should be the case, or should we look at some other options? Should we take a look at what would happen if we put things like police protection in the hands of people in search of profit as opposed to government bureaucrats? Now, the fact is, government bureaucrats, just like anybody else, are after money, right? They want to make some money, too, which is why that you see they enforce speeding tickets and stop sign regulations and they, the war on drugs and other things where they can actually get their hands on valuables, um, cars and houses in the cases of asset forfeiture, or in, in some cases just cash, uh, pulling people over on the side of the road. For instance, there's some stories of one old lady had taken her life savings and was driving from one point to another with it. She got pulled over, and the cops thought it was drug money. They well, snatched it. Claimed well, they thought it was drug money. Good luck getting some it back. Some police departments uh, have a policy of, of confiscating money. That's just what they do. Right. Yeah, under federal law, I believe, under some something in the Patriot Act, if you have over a certain amount of cash, it's forfeitable. I think it's at least ten. I think it's ten thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. But if you got less than ten thousand, they might take it, it anyway. Is it really a free country if you can't carry around ten thousand dollars? I mean, I'm no, just wondering. Is it? I know. I bought a car once for eleven thousand dollars, and I paid in cash. I went and I got it out of the bank, and I drove across state lines with it because I got my car in another state. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm lucky I didn't get you pulled are. over because. That would have been a major bummer. They take they take the cash in uh, in Bradenton, Florida. There's a form that they have. It's this mm-hmm. form. If you've got a couple thousand dollars in cash, they'll take your cash from you and say, "Look, we're not going to charge you with any crimes unless you know if you sign this form, we're not going to charge you with anything." And then you sign the form, which essentially it says, and I've read the form. It says that you're waiving any right to a trial. You're waiving any right to uh, bring any charges about this. You waive all of your rights, and you give us this cash, or you give us whatever it is that we're confiscating and then we let you go and of course most people you know they wipe they just their want brown. to be let go right they wipe in their brown they're saying Whew, thank goodness i didn't have to go to jail today and after they just got robbed and so the, you know there's story after story of how bad government police can be and so when i pro- when i propose something like letting the marketplace handle uh, policing a lot of people end up getting a little bit frightened they, they get a little concerned and rightfully so it's it sounds kind of scary uh, but actually in reality bringing competition into the world of policing would do a whole lot to make things a lot uh, make our lives a lot safer and safer from the police as well because when you have to satisfy 
by your customers as opposed to just collecting a paycheck every week, regardless of how good a job you're doing. When you have to satisfy your customers, there's a whole new level of uh, appreciation that will come into play from the people that you're doing business with, as opposed to people being frightened to death of answering the door to a police officer. You're going to want to talk to these guys. Well, there's a lot of people. I would say most people in America don't feel any fear. Most fear. Uh, most people don't feel much fear from police officers. Now, if they're on the you road. You mean most of the respectables. Right. Um, the there are a lot of people that are poor people, and they absolutely fear the police. Sure. Those people, unfortunately, because uh, for some reason or another, simply don't vote. They don't get out there. They don't express their opinions. So their opinion doesn't matter. That doesn't make um, you know the enforcement of laws against them right or, or wrong or anything. You know, it makes it. It doesn't make it right. It just you know they. It, they're just not represented properly. Whereas There's no one to represent them. I'm likely never to have any problems with police. But do I get good service? Every time I've ever dealt with a police officer, um, you know, sometimes it's tickets. Sometimes I've I've had things stolen and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. And and largely, I I don't feel like they've done anything. Now, they've taken Many down people. a report and they go away, and you, right. you'll never see your stuff again. Every time I've filled out something because I've I've lost my wallet or had my I. Didn't know if I lost or stole it when I filled the report out, and I just felt this incredible loss of time. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else. Like, what good did this it. do? <laughs> right, they gave you a form to fill out so you'd feel a little better about uh, your stuff. Something's been done now, and right. here you can give this to ins- your insurance company, and you'll never see whatever it is again. Right, because well, we've got tickets to give out. You know, and there's people with drugs that we have to, uh, you know, confiscate their stuff. The priorities are all messed up. And certainly the priorities could be changed under a government paradigm, but the priorities would would certainly change under a market-based paradigm. And that's where we want to go. But uh, let's continue with some of these questions here. Some good questions coming in from, uh, from Ezra uh, via the email box. He says, who enforces ownership? Now he's just sort of talking about ju- the judicial system and the and the police in in his in his questioning here. Uh, well, first of all, there would be different ways of uh, showing that you own things. Obviously, if it's in your house, um, you own the house. The things that are in that house are yours. If you really want to, you could certainly put some sort of a stamp on the things that are yours in order to identify them. For instance, if you you uh, if you've gone to certain industrial locations, maybe schools, they usually have their little tags on yep. the things that they own. Um, at the at the TV station that we work at uh, with Toby Show Free Minds TV, which you can see at freemindstv.com, they've got tags on all of the things that are in there that are very difficult to remove, and and you know that those are owned by that company. Receipts, receipts, deeds, sure, titles, those kind of things. I mean, those are essentially how you show ownership currently. Right, and, and um, you know, it's it's technology is moving in other directions too with the RFIDs. I know you buy pets nowadays and they they're if you buy them from certain pet stores they're coming with a little rfid ship chip showing ownership that you own that pet that's true there's another uh, great point but he's asking who who enforces it oh, right, yes. and if there is a dispute um basically it would be you know my claim versus your claim and right. i've got a, uh, who enforces it now i mean there's there's all kind besides my car and my house i don't have a piece of paper outlining my ownership of say my television, sure, or maybe more accurately, my bicycle, which is uh, chained up outside my house. Somebody could come along with a pair of bolt cutters and and get my bicycle. Right. Um, how am I going to prove that that's mine? It's a great point. I, I, there is no one's enforcing ownership. Most currently. of these things. That's a good point. And most of those things are such small ticket items that well, uh, bi- this bicycle is not. But 
But you know, three hundred bucks for a bicycle—is mm, it worth let's go up going? From there. Okay, well, is it worth going to court for something? Mine's three hundred. Okay, that was mm-hmm. how much mine cost. Uh, you know, is it worth going and spending the time and the effort to try to prove that that was indeed yours? Items that are worth that, you will want to take uh, precautions with. So, if you've spent a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars on a bicycle, spend the extra hundred and get some sort of engraving done to where um, it's—you'll have a way of identifying it if indeed you're concerned about theft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. If it's if it's one claim versus another, and you then take, take a, a photograph of that engraving so that if somebody t- grinds that engraving off, sure. then you can uh, you know say, hey, look here it, here's the photograph of right. that in that spot. It's clear that from that that you would have done your due diligence. You would have done everything you possibly could to uh, to prove that it's yours. But essentially, if there was a if there were a dispute, if I were to steal your bicycle and you were to accuse me of that and then take me into uh, to arbitration, uh, we would again both have to agree on an arbitrator, and we would want to do that because the arbitrators would be reliable, they would be honest, they'd be again competing for those uh, those factors. And so we would agree to the arbitrator, we'd sign an agreement saying we agreed to accept whatever the decision is as it is handed down, and then you'll present your evidence that proves that you own the bicycle, and I'll present whatever I have that proves that I own it, and the arbitrator will make the decision. And that's where it'll end. Now, if you if the arbitrator decides that uh, it's your bike, Mark, and I don't give it back to you, then I've uh, then I've broken my contract with the arbitrator, and that's going to be a you know nice little black mark against my reputation rating, and and who knows what other penalties uh, might come from you know disobeying the arbitration ruling. So, actually, in the marketplace, there would be better ways to prove ownership. Um, there would be, again, there would be competition as far as ways to prove ownership. Because in certain areas, people are going to want to prove that they own things. Therefore, the marketplace will come up with innovative ways to help people do that. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind, Lee? Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, um, the private police is... Yeah, uh, pretty good idea. Excellent. I, it's nice when we agree on things, Lee. <laughs> well, it happens. <laughs> what do you, I mean, you guys are so close. Uh, you, you just don't have the whole scenario, you know. What do you like as, the most about the private police idea? Well, you kind of summed it up with, you know, they would reinstate the serve and protect they yeah. Well, if you weren't being dad. protected, if you weren't being served, you'd go hire somebody else, and that would be that would make all the difference in the world when it comes it to these be services. The enterprise at its best. Exactly, Lee. Thanks for the call, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll talk to Sean on the way, and your calls as well, ladies first. If you make the call, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you like. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, by the way, at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free. So if you've missed a moment of the show, grab an archive. Grab a whole bunch of them. We've got an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. And sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to libertydollar.org. As we go to the phones, to the fun, talk to Sean in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Sean. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind? 
Well, I was uh, listening to you about the, uh, privatizing the police forces. Yeah, I, I like the term marketizing better, but okay. Marketizing? Yeah, privatizing does have a bad taste. Sure. But um, um, we do have a, a uh, marketized uh, police force. It's called Blackwater. They were operating when in Katrina's hurricane, and they were confiscating guns from private citizens. Was Blackwater doing that? I knew that the uh, the National yeah. Guard and the California yeah. Highway Patrol were doing that. Yep, and they have over 10, I, I think it's 10 million, but it, I don't think it'd be 10 billion, but 10 million um, contracts to the U.S. government. Yeah, for, well, that's the problem with, with privatizing. In America, see? in America. Yeah, that's the problem. You've just identified what the problem with privatizing is. When you t- The term privatize usually entails taking a government One function person. and having the government decide which private company will, it will do that government function from here on out. Oh. It has nothing to do so, with the marketplace... So or consumer demand. Just giving it to one person, just giving it to one company, is right. that what the difference is? Crony, okay. crony capitalism, um, you know, you oh, have essentially yeah. people rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies with uh, government contracts, you know, these sweetheart oh, okay. deals. This would what, what what I'm proposing here would be to simply uh, just to make it so the government police agency no longer is coercively funded, meaning they're not funded through tax dollars. They would have to uh, to make their own money on a you know a voluntary basis, and that would mean they wouldn't be able to enforce uh, you know these silly cons- consensual crime laws like you know the war on drugs or gambling or prostitution or or again uh, silly traffic infractions and that sort of thing because would you'd have be to be more, under a contract for that, and you wouldn't be. Would it be like a contract to say like uh um and just pull a, a name out of the hat uh um walmart contracts with these guys to uh secure their parking lot kind of thing yeah sure that could be an option uh and like again that. neighborhoods would be able to contract uh, individuals would be able to contract certainly hmm. well I, I that does sound interesting i i, I was confused yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's an awful idea, private to privatize in the way that government uh, government bureaucrats would deem one company to be the exclusive provider of whatever the product or service is, because then you still have the monopoly situation. You still have them enforcing these bad government laws. Whereas if you're doing it in a marketplace, it's consumer uh, satisfaction that is the number one priority, as opposed to just blindly enforcing arbitrary government laws. And so we're talking about an, a totally different uh, situation than what we have today. It wouldn't. It wouldn't look at all like what we have today, and I think it would be. Okay, I think well, it'd be wonderfully different. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that being developed. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> okay, We're working on thanks. it. Appreciate your call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Answering some questions from an email from Ezra, who is uh, you know some concerned about this, about this whole privatizing justice and or not, I guess again privatizing bad word, marketizing justice, getting mm-hmm. it out of the hands of government. Uh, he asks, well, what about a private army? He says it hardly seems the way to go. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, in fact, it would seem to me that the government military does a whole lot more to start trouble around the world than uh, than to protect America. I mean, you certainly, again, you could you could improve the government military by bringing them home from the 130 countries they're currently occupying, the 700 plus military bases. You know, selling those, closing them. Right. That's that's sort of where I come in on this. I I would like to see our the United States military inside the United States, the uh, Department of Defense actually defending the United States, not uh, going out and uh, securing the the rulership of uh, all kinds of kings and despotic leaders all over the world, which is essentially what we're doing when we support Saudi Arabia. That guy's a king. But but even then, you still 
still enter into problems. You still have problems of this is still a bureaucracy. You know, sure. Just because they're dressed in uh, camo doesn't make make them any less. And I would take that army and I would pare it down to these uh, to a small, essentially a training force. A very uh, if you were in the army, you would be one bad mamma jamma. Okay, you would be the the equivalent of a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret, and likely would call them things like that um, in order to you know pass on that uh, that sort of title. It's it's a great thing. Um, and th- what they would do is they go around. If if I had my world vision, we would have militias. Every local area would have its own militia, its own little um, armory, and those people would be responsible for protecting their own communities. And the army, which would be a, a mostly a training force, would go around and train these um, mo- local militias that would, in fact, protect the United States. And you can better believe there would be no shortage of people that would be interested in joining things like that. No shortage whatsoever. What I like best about the idea of privatizing the army is that it would be po- impossible for a private or organization to go around and police the world like we do today so that's true that's what i really like about it would it would finally bring us home and get us away from all these military bases around the world and enforcing and propping up other people's kings and stuff and making people really hate us well the other side of the uh, the military um, equation is the money of course and the reason why a private organization couldn't afford to go and uh, nation build and invade other countries is because it would be cost prohibitive i mean we can't afford it today when i say we i mean the u.s government the u.s government can't afford it today that's why they have to print the money out in order to make it happen which of course is essentially a hidden tax. It's called inflation, and it taxes my savings and your savings as well um, in order to fund this military that is all around the world. Without the uh, without the fiat dollar, without the printing press at the disposal of the government, and also having these private uh, defense organizations around, again, it would, they would only be uh, effective at defending as opposed to going around starting crap around the world. Now, that would not that would not preclude someone from going and starting some crap with, you know, some, some other country if they wanted to, but it would be a fool's errand. I mean, they would be throwing money down a hole. They'd be putting their family in jeopardy. For instance, if, Mark, you decided that, you know, you hate the people over in, oh, I don't know, Darfur or something like that, and you want to just go and join a military and kill them, or maybe hire some mercenaries to go and kill some people over the, there. The Utu, the Utus are handling that for, um, for me. But but the, my point being, if you felt like that's something you wanted to spend your money on, you wouldn't be stopped. No one would prevent you from doing that. It'd be foolish because then everybody would know that uh, you know Mark Edge is funding this uh, team of mercenaries to go in to uh, to kill people around the world, and eventually that might come back to bite you in the butt. You know, a little bad karma there. And and also, um, when it comes to government militaries, you have to ask yourself, if indeed there were an invasion, let's say the government military was actually here in America, which it's not today, but let's say it was. If there were an invasion, do you think the government military is going to be more interested in protecting government installations or your home? Right. You know, it, it, that's that's what it does is, you know, the United States Army protects the United States government. It doesn't protect the United States people. You know, maybe in, as a result, but I'd... I, I, I could make some arguments against it having done much of that at all. Yeah, I think one thing that's really protecting another nation from invading us, Second Amendment. Absolutely. Armed individual Americans is what helps keep America safe, yeah. not the U.S. Fight military. a land war in the United States. 800-259-9231. You can, again, bring up whatever's on your mind. Marketizing the police, getting them out of the hands of government, justice, and all the rest. We'll talk about it. Take your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. 
If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,450 pages of information created by listeners just like you. You can go and edit the wiki to your heart's content, wiki.freetalklive.wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com is uh, the location of that. American Consumer News is an online magazine which will provide you with a steady stream of money-saving tips to help get you closer to financial freedom. The magazine discusses topics such as investing, real estate, frugality, debt reduction, and more. That's AmericanConsumerNews.com. AmericanConsumerNews.com. As we go to the phones, talk to Rudy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Rudy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. What's on I your mind? I wanted to talk... Well, I would just have a little opinion about uh, the privatizing of the police force. Certainly, go ahead. I mean, if, when you have uh, when you privatize it, first off, the company that owns owns that is going to want to make want to make money. And of course, if you look at most of your security firms, the ones who carry weapons also don't pay much. Have you looked on the airport lately? I mean, these people, you know, not all of them, but the quality of people are not there. Well, um, that's because most of the the higher quality ones want to go on to the higher paying jobs, which are in the uh, you know the, the police force, right? Exactly. Right. So I would think that um, there would be you know if the police wasn't weren't culling off the uh, the best of the best by offering artificially high wages for police officers, that um, there would be somebody who would come along who would who would offer slightly higher, somewhat higher wages, and therefore get the people that were interested in doing police work and you know, not people that are just interested in having government jobs. I've been around for a while, and I haven't seen, when you privatize it, it always comes down to the dollar, right? It's all it comes down to how much money can we make. And they're, gonna, they're not going to pay the, the, the police officers as well. That's just my opinion. You're, I, I, I would, I, I would I, concur I, with you completely that likely police officers um, that were working for these you know, private police firms, which I'm not saying I advocate this, um, you know, Ian is, but likely um, they would be, get paid less than they currently are because it, 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 the fact is... Well, you now, know, hold on a second. That might depend on the kind of job they're doing. For instance, if they're working for an insurance company investigating a murderer, they might get, you know, as a detective, they might be getting paid more. More than say you know your average Joe driving around a security car around a neighborhood, so it'll depend on the job. Well, that's true, but the bottom line is in security and security work, they don't pay enough money. It's nationwide. You but if you wanted good security, you would um, you would pay more, and therefore the good companies would um, compensate. How about uh, security guards? Theoretically. Theoretically, you're correct. Well, no, but I'm not just theoretically. In the real world, I'm correct, too. Um, if, For instance, uh, when you're talking about uh, bodyguards, bodyguards uh, for celebrities and things like that, they pay very well, and they get the very best people. They're not, they're not police officers, okay? If you're going to another realm. Well, no, 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 no. no, no. We're, we're talking, talking about, about private protection, sir. We're not talking well, about just we're not talking about just taking the government police department and giving it over to one company. We're talking about taking the 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 role of policing out of the hands of government and putting it into the marketplace where an unlimited amount of companies could uh could contract and uh, could compete for, uh, to provide those services. So well, I don't know if we're on the same page at all. I, I think we are, well we are, but I I believe it wouldn't work as well as it's working now. And I don't I don't I'm not I don't like the government as a general rule mm-hmm. and everything the government does they 
have a tendency to mess things up. Yep, I'm, I, I have to agree is, with you. I, 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 but but you is, think you think that the marketplace can't handle uh, policing and protection as well as the government can, sir? Well, I don't. I really don't think so. And I give really, me some reasons why. Go ahead. Give me some reasons why. Well, I I was in the military for twelve years. I I have a little understanding of how the the government works. I'm not an expert. I get a little exposure to them. And uh, you know, it's it's I I was a professional soldier. I'm not talking police, but as I was a professional soldier, and I was wasn't paid a lot of money, but I did it for the right for my own reasons. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it for the money. And so when you involve money, okay, a lot of times it can it can. People go in there for the wrong reasons. But you just and told me, wait a minute, you just told me that people would get paid less. So wouldn't that mean that the people that would be going into those professions would be going in for the right reasons because they'd be getting paid less? Well, you know, I, it could, it, it's possible. But not everybody, when I, when I was in, it was, it was different. It was different. Times have changed in the last 20 years. And, and uh, I just don't think it's going to work. And bottom line is, is, is the, the Second Amendment you know, allows us to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you right now, the neighborhood I live in, everyone's got a gun. In fact, they probably got 12 or 15 of them. Yeah. I bet there's not a lot of crime either. Right, so you don't really there need is. to hire a lot of protection, which means that you probably won't need anything more than well, just a little bit of insurance to protect the things in your home and protect your home in general and maybe some you know, insurance uh, in case something traumatic happens to your family. You probably won't need a lot of, uh, of actual protection my services. My responsibility as the man of the house okay, is to protect my family. Right. I have the means and the knowledge to protect them. I'm not asking the government or anyone else to protect me. Good, the because police, they probably the, can't the police, protect them as well as you can. Well, no, the, the police don't. The police aren't there to protect you. Nope. They're they're there for the public. Okay. The <laughs> they're there for the there government. To, well, well, yeah. What well, <laughs> I'm trying to say is, is if, if everybody really believed the police officers are there to protect you, we we'd all have a police officer standing in front of our door. Right. The, the cops come and clean up messes. They take reports. They're paper pushers. Mm-hmm. No, that's not, that's not fair. Right, well, but, uh, it's, as a general rule, they take the report. Your, your item is gone, and that's the way it is. Right. You know, most of the time, that's what they end up doing. I'm sure that those uh, those fine guys in the uniforms would throw themselves in front of a bullet for me if they had the opportunity. But chances are they won't be anywhere near that bullet when it's coming at me, so they'll, they won't have the opportunity because there's simply not enough of them. And that's one of the reasons that I don't know about you know the, the wages that cops get. Sometimes it seems like they get a whole lot. They do. They get paid well. My personal opinion, for where I'm at right now, I have absolutely no qualms with the police force, sheriff's department, or the the police force here. I, they're not the best I've seen, but they're they're polite. Uh, they do the best they can. I mean. Yeah. Besides that, we all got guns, so they got to be polite. Right. So, you I, know. That, that's what I hope for from my police force too. And I have some, you know, I well, have some concerns, uh, just like you do, about the idea of privatizing the police force. But, um, and, and I think my largest concern is people just don't believe it will work. Well, look, I don't care what you believe. The fact is, if people are demanding services, they will be provided in the marketplace. They will. You can You can believe what you want, but if people want certain things, people in search of profit will absolutely provide them, and they'll provide them on a voluntary basis, which is the way things should be offered. I mean, sir, do you actually think that government services should be offered at the point of a gun? Should the government services be offered at the point of a gun? Right. No. They're forcing you to Hold pay on. for it. No, well, yes, yes, you are. You're, you're correct. I mean, we have to pay taxes, you know, to, to pay for the right. That's that what service. needs to change. Would you disagree? Do you disagree with that? Well, well, you, you want to go that route? Well, we end up eliminate IRS. We can go into the subject. I mean, as far as government goes, but yes, I, I don't, I don't agree that we should have. Well, that we should have to be taxed. Well, you, who's going to pay for it anyway? Who's going to well, pay for what? Another, it's going to, it's going to, for a, pri- a private police force. 
People that want it. If people want it. Now, you sound like you don't need it. You've got guns in your house. You seem pretty uh, confident that you can protect your family. You probably wouldn't need to hire services like that. You might might buy some insurance for some of the things in your home in case you get stolen from while you guys are out on a vacation or something like that. But but otherwise, I mean, what other things are you going to get? I mean, what else is going to happen? I'm not laughing at you. I just you say vacation. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we just work all the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> you know, five jobs. But anyways, um, no. It, bottom line is, you know, it's, it's up to the citizen. It's their responsibility to take care of their family and protect their home. And Absolutely, it line. is. And that and you know, getting that was, the government out of this uh, the world of protection would would hammer that home for everybody. Instead of thinking that there's this government out there to keep you safe, you'd have to know that you have to provide for your own safety. And if you couldn't handle that, then you should hire someone who can handle it. That's all I'm saying. Let's let the marketplace handle these things and uh, uh, let competition come into play for the first time ever. I mean, competition re- usually revolutionizes industries by uh, forcing companies to innovate and come up with new, fresh ideas. Government doesn't have to come up with new ideas they've been doing the same old crap decade after decade that's true i mean if if, if, a, if a community needs it then uh, they don't have any guns or too afraid of a gun uh then they need to hire somebody or you know or they need to exactly hire somebody. you should be able to choose whether or not you need this protection services if you don't need it then go it yourself thanks for the call dude 800-259-9231 i mean the fact is most people don't you know, most people, locks on the front door and a gun in the bedroom is, is enough for them. Now, that's not to say that you won't have to have some sort of insurance to, again, protect your valuables and that sort of thing. I could certainly see that, or life insurance policies and, and uh, you know, medical insurance in, in case of some sort of freak accident or getting into a fight with someone. But these are all things that can be settled through arbitration. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at the Free Talk Live store. Uh, We've got Free Talk Live merchandise, very high-quality stuff like T-shirts and hats, hoodies. Uh, We've got uh, the bottle opener, lighter combo uh, also dvd classic archive collector sets and more you'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com and you can learn how you can get a free bumper sticker as well that's store.freetalklive.com and your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals does that bother you it bothers some scientists especially in the case of young children savvy rest mattresses are made of 100 percent natural latex rubber organic wool and organic cotton try their crib mattresses too savvyrest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of that's SavvyRest.com. Uh, still in the middle of an email here, um, questions, good questions, about market police. Now, let's make it, I want to make it clear that I'm not talking about privatizing the police. I'm not talking about taking the government monopoly on policing and giving it to a private company so they can have a monopoly on policing. I'm talking about introducing competition in the marketplace into the service of protection services. And that, of course, would change the face of uh, policing forever. The police would actually be interested in serving their customers instead of putting them in handcuffs. Now, if there was someone who was actually causing harm to others or damaging property, obviously the police are going, you know, private police would do what they had to in order to correct that situation, remove that person from danger and, uh, and you know, restore the peace, which is what we want from our police officers. We want them to, to be peace officers. I don't want them to be law enforcers because when they're law enforcers like they are today, they're just out enforcing our 
arbitrary, stupid laws that the government people pass in the legislature, and uh, and and that. That does not help us. Well, what about the good laws? Like, uh, you know, not stealing from people, not killing people, that kind of thing. You don't need laws for that. Though, I mean, it's clear that there's a wronged party in those instances, in which case then well, what you, are you can gonna bring do with, charges. And, and that stuff happens. It happens every day here in the United States. What are you going to do with those people? What are you going to do with the, the criminals in yeah. those cases? Well, I guess it would depend on the person and how dangerous they were and what the circumstances were. Um, I think many people that, uh, that, uh, that talk about the marketplace and market protection and prisons and that sort of thing point out that in most instance, instances, these are people that aren't going to need to go to a prison unless they're absolutely, completely antisocial and you know, dangerous that there they are, might kill somebody else. There are else. people like that. Very yeah. few. Very, very few. few. Um, you know, many many crimes are committed in the heat of passion, and many of the people that commit those crimes regret them afterwards. And uh, essentially, in the marketplace, under arbitration, they would have to make good. There would have to be restitution, and and restitution is something we could bring about in the government system as well. It doesn't happen enough today, and it and it needs to happen more. So they would have to pay their victims back essentially, and it it would be easier for them to continue on in whatever they're doing today, whatever job that is, whatever their their current career is, and just simply. Uh, you know, essentially have the arbitrator um, garnish a percentage of their wages and send it to the victim, that sort of thing. That would probably be how most of it would be handled unless you really did have a dangerous individual, in which case, you know, he or she would have given up his or her right to freedom by attacking another person and uh, therefore would be put away for that. Well, some people uh, some people commit violent crimes and, you know, regret them. Uh, they, they learn to do better. They, um, you know, some kind of restitution would likely... Uh handle that situation but i i do think that there are a there's a small number of people out there that are just insane they're just crazy awful people and they need to be locked up absolutely and there would there would certainly be facilities for that mm-hmm. and in the cases of those people getting locked up um they would be given the opportunity to probably make some money while they were in prison again most of that would have to go to their victims um, but a, per- a percentage would go to the prison as well in order to help them cover operating costs because in a, again, in a world without government, uh, the prisons would have to be self-sustaining organizations. They wouldn't right. be getting government. Most of our prisons checks. now are filled with people who haven't hurt anyone. Um, you know, they're the drug right. criminals. Um, right. You know, possession and that kind of thing. Even if, and a lot of them wouldn't have done anything if it wasn't for being in the throes of their addictions. That's they did true. something. Uh, they stole something, or they did something violent in order to get the money for their addiction. Right, and what we're also doing when we're locking people up that don't necessarily be deserve to be locked up, we're throwing them in with the bad with the people. real god bad guys. And then, yeah. so are we? Or are we getting people out that are rehabilitated? Uh, I don't think so. not I, for the most part. I yes, that, a lot of the time it does work of sitting in front of how right. I, I went to does. prison for nine years, and and I don't know if I was rehabilitated. Maybe I was rehabilitated. A lot of these guys haven't been habilitated, let alone rehabilitated, so they don't know anything. And, you know, our system of taking bad people, putting them in a bad place, and um, treating them badly, and then expecting them to get out and act well after that is, yeah, it's a foolish system. But I think that there's, uh, you know, there's a lot in what Ian said as far as restitution. Yes. Number six, uh, continuing with some questions here from Ezra, he says, who polices the police? Who decides that the police have done something wrong? Well, who does again, now? Who does now? Exactly. <laughs> um, in some cities, there are citizens review board for the uh, boards for the police, but they have very, very little power yeah. and can do very little other than make a little bit of noise. Um, in which case, then you're. You I got a story every single day. I could I could read you a story every single day about police abuse of power in this country. I'm not saying it's across the board. I'm not saying it's systemic, but I I, I would say that the, the to some extent there's um, there's an incentive for police departments to be corrupt they are yes. they have a monopoly privilege on the use of violence i 
I don't know if we can do without them. I certainly think that we would go one huge step for uh, handling um, some of the problems we have in law enforcement in this country and uh, the disintegration of the Fourth Amendment by just going ahead and uh, legalizing drugs let's, across the board. Let's look at who polices the police today. Now, for the most part, it's the consumers and the media, right? If the police do something outrageous and someone happens to catch it on video, that usually makes it to the news. Right. Well, and there's in- internal investigations, too. We'll, we'll touch on that. Okay. That usually makes it to the news, and it stirs up some hubbub, and, you know, there's some stories that come out, and attention is drawn to the issue. Uh, the police department commissioner usually comes out and says, we understand this is a bad situation. We're, we're investigating. We're going to put this under investigation. We'll put a, a blue blue ribbon panel. Uh, right, we're going right. To come out with it. You know, you can believe that this officer will be on paid leave uh, behind a desk right. Most for, the, of them, you know, for this, the entirety of this investigation. Right. We're so, taking this very seriously. We consider the, the, uh, the people's well-being to be very important. So the people in the community have the ability to make a lot of noise. They have the ability to draw some level of pressure down onto the, the government police department. But that's usually where it ends because then it's in the hands of the very same police that you are questioning, the very same police that are uh, problematic. It's in their hands to punish themselves. There is nothing over top of the police and so typically they give the bad guys the you know their paid leave and then they come back and they find out their investigative panel comes back and nine times out of ten they say well it looks like everything here's by the book everything's just fine uh, no problems here yep. okay you guys the are back officer on the was job. justified in mowing down the crowd right. of civilians so um, there is no police they were the black after all and the fact is, you know, somebody could say, well, what about internal affairs? Well, they can be corrupt, too. How many levels of internal affairs can you put on a police department? If, you know, if you're the, uh, the, if, if you're the chief of police and, uh, you know, when you go and appoint these IA guys and that kind of thing, do you want them to find a whole bunch of problems in your department? No, not at all. So then we ask, well, what about in the marketplace paradigm where we have competing organizations providing protection? In that case, you still have the consumers in the news media that can that can out bad guys, that can point to, to wrongs that are happening with these companies if they are indeed doing wrong and, and somehow harming their, their customers. And then the customers will police the police by saying, hey, you either shape up or we're taking our business across town. And so either the business will get it together and they'll fire the bad employee or they'll change their policies to not be so offensive. And if they don't, they'll lose their business. I don't even know if what you're talking about is really police, though. I mean, it's it, mostly what you're talking about is a, a private security company. Um, you know, like you're, you're talking protection, about private protection, dissolving the police. And no, I'm talking about turning them over to a voluntarily funded situation. And if they can figure out how to make money, then they should. I just I just don't I, I think that some of the things that define police is um, tax money. Um, you know, the, the the fact that they can use force on people without their uh, permission. You can change the wording if you want. I mean, we can call it something different if I you want. I just don't think it's police. Well, the fact is, what we're talking about is protection services. And the police are a relatively new phenomenon in the world. Somehow or another, the, uh, you know, we managed to make it without police We're talking about time. what people actually want from the police. They want to feel safe. They want to have someone they can call on if they feel that, that it's necessary. These are the things that people want from the police. They don't want the police coming around arresting their friends and family members for doing drugs. They don't want the police harassing them for running a stop sign. They don't want the police doing most of the things they do. I think that they want um, a certain amount of enforcement as far as traffic laws go. I mean, most people speed, Mark, and I don't think most people like speeding tickets. Look, so I think I, mo- that's not what they really want the oh, cops there for. Please, I've been I've I've been in a neighborhood and people go too quickly down my road. I want people, if at the very least, I want them to go the speed limit on my road. 
Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, so you can put in some speed bumps, Mark, and then you can deal with that if that's what the issue is. So um, my point here is that... I'm wondering if you had a private um, a private security company for the people driving down the road, and I actually put in, um, you know, motion-sensitive uh, motion machine guns that shot anybody that went 31 miles an hour. Don't think that would uh, cut it. I don't, don't well, think that's going to work. I would have my own private police company that would be able to protect me. I, I, all I did was I was enforcing the rules of the community. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say to that, Mark. That's pretty nuts. So, I guess as long as you let people know in advance that there were machine guns uh, trained on them when they're driving on your road, that'd be okay. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching in hour number three. You can bring up whatever you want, as always, toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby and Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls here. Let's talk to Indy in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Indy. What's up, guys? What a timely subject you brought up tonight. Why so? Um, you, you guys lit a fire in me about six months ago, so I just started taking matters into my own hands. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm a network engineer, computer-type guy who owns a small business with a couple of bucks, so I contacted my neighbors, and we're setting up a home-to-home police force, uh, either via fiber or Wi-Fi. We've all got generators, so the power's not an issue to us. We're going to have a 911 button type of system where we can just buzz our neighbors and 25 families show up to uh, combat whatever situation comes up. Wow, Seriously? Awesome. How does this work exactly? Um, uh, Ian, you're, you're a techie guy. Actually, Mark, you, you are to some degree too. Yeah, no, uh, Mark's not a tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can get on the internet. Well, all of us have between one and six acres. We're in a block here. Mm-hmm. And we use a state police force instead of a local police force. And I said, hey... Um, if someone bad's coming into my house to do something bad to me or my family or my property, I'm not counting on the state police to show up in any timely manner. Sure. So I contacted the neighbors, and I said, would you be interested in something like this, where uh, Johnny Neighbor shows up who's firearm qualified to take care of any business he needs to? And we're talking about it right now. And you brought up the subject tonight, so i got to call into you guys. Yeah. Um, what would the system look like? How would it operate exactly? A lot like it. We, we all use the phone and the uh, computer internet stuff uh, seamlessly right now anyway. I'm on a digital phone tonight over the internet. And my idea, just set up an IP network, have everybody contacted, and it's pretty easy, guys. Yeah, look into it a little bit. You know, you could probably figure this out in about 15 minutes on the internet. Well, there's something that we have uh, here in New Hampshire called Porcupine 411, where um, well, you can... Well, Right. Well, for those of our listeners that aren't, you can dial a number and you leave a message on a voicemail, and then the system, which is a computer, it sends that voicemail out as an email attachment to an unlimited uh, amount of people that can be on this email list. Now, that's not exactly something that's going to get you an emergency response, but it can be pretty darn quick. I mean, you can, you know, if you leave a short voicemail, it goes out almost instantaneously. Uh, you know, if you you leave what the situation is, where your location is, and that sort of thing, and if people are in front of their email boxes, they certainly could jump in their cars and and get to that location. I'm sure it would just be a matter of tweaking and and getting the right software in order to turn that from an email to a uh, you know a mass phone call or something like that. Yeah, a little bit of heat talk here, Ian. Oh dear, I can tell you're on a digital phone because you're breaking up quite a bit. We're going to let you try saying that again one more time. What was that? 
Damn it. Damn it. You're probably uploading or doing something that's ruining your bandwidth, and I, I'm sorry we can't understand you, my friend. Gotta let you go. Sorry about that. 800-259-9231. Those uh, voiceover IPs are darn good 99% of the time. Yeah, you know, the, and I think in a... A year or two, they're really going to be great. But Absolutely. I, I, you know, currently there's still a little bit problems. To so them. now we were talking about this idea of taking the police out of the hands, taking protection services out of the hands of the government and putting it in the hands of people in the marketplace. Um, businessmen actually in search of a profit, which, of course, you can only make profit in the marketplace by satisfying your customers. And many, many people are not satisfied with government police at all. Um, as you pointed out, certainly, Mark, there are uh, there's a segment of um, the American people, the respectables that are never going to encounter the police. They just don't. They just ignore them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the police don't mean much to them. But then there's a good chunk of Americans that are pretty disappointed with the police. Maybe they've arrested a friend of theirs for marijuana possession or uh, picking up a prostitute or, or heck, even gambling. Uh, There's all kinds of uh, so-called crimes that the government police are out there enforcing when they could be investigating murders and rapes and, uh, you know, thefts, real crimes that actually hurt people. So what happens? Well, one thing I think, I think the only reason we put up with this is because we were brought up like this. And it, right. I keep on thinking about this whole time we're talking about what if we were all born into, into a system where government was in charge of food? Uh, number one, our food would be very expensive. But number two, would we be having phone calls here with people saying we couldn't leave that up to the market? This food is the most important thing. Right. In uh, our lives, it's the thing that nourishes us. Without food, we're all going to die. <laughs> Would there be people calling in saying, we need to trust the government with this? It's too important to leave out right. to private organizations. That's an excellent They point. absolutely would say stuff like that. They'd be saying exactly that. And the fact what? is, the most, Profit Im- in food? the most important thing that we have in the world is left to the free market, and somehow we managed to make it. Like, Do oh, my remember God, the bread somebody, could get, somebody could get a hold of the food system and hold the whole world hostage. Mark, they won't mm-hmm. pay. They won't pay pay their uh, cashiers or their stock clerks very much, and, and then no one will want those jobs. Oh, wait, there are plenty of people doing those jobs. Well, anyway, let's continue here. Uh, back to some email questions from Ezra about getting the police out of the hands of the government, turning it over to the marketplace. I just wanted to wrap up my thoughts on the question of who polices the police. Today, it's nobody. Uh, today, the police police themselves, and they always find themselves innocent. Nine, you know, 99 times out of 100, uh, when the police have been accused of doing something wrong, harming somebody, um, stepping out of line, the police always back themselves up. They've got the thin blue line, they close their ranks, they back each other up, and of course, it's the government courts, too. So even if the police find something wrong, again, you know, the government courts usually will slap them on the hand if they even make it that far in the first place. Government backing up government backing up government. Um, Whereas in the marketplace, it would be the consumers and consumer interest groups and uh, watchdog groups that would police the the private protection organizations. And if they were doing something that was out of line, again, people would take their business elsewhere. So the pressures of the marketplace would be the best regulation that uh, that anybody could could ever want. Number seven, who polices differences of opinion between two different private police forces? That's now, an excellent this, I question. Think is, yeah, this, is, I think, is a very relevant, prescient question. And it's a simple answer. Arbitration, of course. Uh, the different private police agencies would have interlocking agreements with one another as to, you know, if I have a claim and you have a claim, Mark, and we both have two different uh, p- uh, protection agencies backing our claims up, or, or essentially that we've hired to protect us, then uh, if the police, if those two agencies can't come to an agreement between the two of them as far as who's right and who's wrong, then they take it to their arbitrator, whoever it is that they've agreed on in advance to take 
take these disputes to. So your police would take it to, uh, to, you know, the police would both go into the arbitrator, the third-party group that is not affiliated with either policing organization. They'd take it to the arbitrator, and they'd present their case, and they would be bound by the decision of the arbitrator. Voila. Number eight. Who do the people, excuse me, who do the police charge for their services? The people they arrest? The people they protect? Do they have a duty of care? If they see a crime, do they have to intervene? If they do, who is responsible for forcing them to? And who pays for that? Um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think they have a duty to intervene necessarily, but I think they likely would. If it's their customer, they would. They'd be in a contract for that. Um, the the people that would pay would be the customer, and that customer, if they were harmed by somebody, which would include the cost of uh, calling out a, a a police officer, if doing this. And I'm not saying like like I said, I'm not saying I advocate this, but I can see it. Sure. Um, if you call out a police officer and it costs you money, and that's because somebody broke into your house and they have that person in custody. That person's responsible for the amount that you paid for the uh, um, services, too. Now, the person would be responsible to the insurer, to the protection agency. They would probably cut you a check. I mean, they'd investigate. They'd make sure you weren't scamming them. Um, But then they'd cut you a check, and they'd say, all right, here's what you lost. We're going to replace this for you. And then they would recoup the cost from the the criminal in that particular case. So you wouldn't have to be a part of that. Yeah, in the same way that... uh you know, they, you don't have to be a part of uh, collecting money from somebody who uh, gets in, you know, causes an auto accident that, uh, you know, you're the victim of an auto accident. You don't have to collect money from them. Your insurance company takes care of that. So there you go. Hopefully that helps answer some uh, questions that a lot of people had about uh, market police or market protection, if you want to prefer to call it that, uh, whatever you want. 800-259-9231. If you've got questions, uh, whatever you want to talk about goes. Let's go to the amplifier line. It's Rob in Georgia on the line. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Hey, good. What's on your mind? Uh, oh, well, this is actually Rob in Georgia, but temporarily on location in Las Vegas. Ah, excellent. <laughs> well, that's a tough life. Yeah, well, you know, company sent me out here. Not my choice. But, uh, no, not a bad time. But I wanted, you know, you guys have been talking about so much stuff I'm interested in. I wanted to talk, to touch briefly on Mark's uh, idea the other day that, uh, you know, that if he was fooled by a transsexual, that, um he might that that person might be asking for a butt woman. Right now, do you you, um, you, you re- re- recall this was sprung on me? I, I didn't say right. you know I find me a tranny and I'd beat the <laughs> crap out of him. I didn't say that at right. all. Um, so I was it was essentially you know if somebody uh, posed a, a hypothetical you. to me, I'm a married guy. I'm not going to be going home with anybody, male or female. But if you know somebody pretended to be a woman and then uh, you know turned out they were a man, that they would be in danger of a butt whooping, is what I said. We'll get Rob's comments in moments. Hang on, dude. Bringing it back. Eight hundred. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. I thought we were done with this, but I'm sure he'll have an interesting spin that we haven't touched on <laughs> yet. So I'm looking forward to that. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You know first if you're on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time that somebody doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be a bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. 
SACL CAI, see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so a few days back, actually probably about a week ago, uh, we got into a conversation. I don't even know how it originally came up. but I believe Wayne uh, posed a... Oh, that's uh, right, that's yeah. right. And uh, the, the theory or the uh, the conversation was, the scenario was that, uh, Mark, you had met somebody in theory at a bar and uh, you seemed to be an attractive lady, got him home, got the lady home. Turns out uh, she is a he. Transvestite fooled you into thinking that uh, it was a, a female. And uh, you said that you were, you'd be pretty upset about that and there was a chance that that transvestite could be open for a butt whipping. I believe butt-whipping was your original words. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what Rob in Georgia wants to... Oops, Rob, are you still there? Hello? Uh, hey, he's still there. Okay, good. Rob on the amplifier line was looking to comment on that issue, so go ahead, <clears throat> sir. Yeah, uh, well, allow me to express a bit of sympathy for the socialist. And um, <laughs> say that, that, you know, there are, all, there are always certain... You know, everybody always looks for this sort of libertarian perfectionism, perfection within themselves... Um, no initiation of force, but but how human beings actually react to things is rather different. Now, I'm, if you were to go up to 100 random black males, you know, just say a white guy, and say you know, and call them the N word, I can almost guarantee you that there will be at least one butt whooping forthcoming from those 100. Yeah, sure. I suspect I suspect you probably <laughs> get more than one. Most likely you would. Now, I am actually quite, I'm an exception to that, and my wife is sometimes, sometimes somewhat perplexed by my attitudes towards things, but typically I'll just laugh at someone. I've actually been called that, but you know, to me that's just them advertising just how big a loser they are. Absolutely. But, um, but, but I do recognize that I'm somewhat unusual in that, but someone even calls that is not a justification for violence, but to say that that's not what people actually do is be just Kind of having your head in the clouds. Oh, I never. So, I don't think I ever denied that people have those violent tendencies. Uh, they certainly do. I just think that we should be more conscious of them and reject them when they come up. Well, I mean, I, and that is a very good idea. But but the reality is that some of these things have always been with us. I mean, if you went up to a guy, if you go up to someone and insult their wife in front to their wife's face in front of a guy, there's a chance you're going to get your butt whooped. Yeah, that's not going to go well for you. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Being, it's just being real here. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't so much have an objection to what he said in that it's a very human sort of reaction, and and you know it is a, it is a common reaction, but it is definitely something that someone should think about, and I think should seek to overcome. I mean, that's one of the things I always encourage my friends to do. You know, you shouldn't, you know, if someone's going to attack me with words, then that is the manner in which I will respond if I respond at all. I think that's generally so, true. Um, um, you know, that, that's generally the best case. But, you know, I have this thing about attitude and maliciousness. You know, like if somebody does something to me in a, from a malicious standpoint, man, I'm mad. I There's am, nothing malicious I, about getting you into bed. That's, you know, they just wanted to help you I feel good. I, I'm just well, saying, I'm just saying know, that that, I, that I would, would be likely. Yeah, and, and, and think of it this way now. If you want to look at this in some sort of a contractual sort of situation, uh, you know, if you meet someone in a bar, you think they're a woman, you're, you're expecting to spend money on probably a drink or two for them, <laughs> the gas and wear and tear on your car to take you home, to take them home so that you can get certain services out of them, which due to physiology and your own sexual orientation, they are completely incapable of providing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in that sense, you might be entitled to restitution, and if they, 
declined to provide that restitution, perhaps you would extract it by force. I mean, now, wait a minute. Would that be a social contract? Would that be a social contract? Because a social contract. That's something pretty explicitly that you're doing. But wait, now, that's not. there's nothing explicit necessarily. Just because you go in and buy a bunch of drinks for somebody doesn't guarantee you anything down the road. I've had people buy me drinks. I haven't done anything for them. I've had, uh, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, I think it would depend on what you guys have been talking about and what was... I mean, I think it's pretty clear based on, on what you're talking about and what you're asking for and what they're offering as far as what's being implied here. I mean, not necessarily so. But I think that people could come, with all, come up with all sorts of justifications is really my point. I think, I think it's a, um, a, a, an extraordinarily rare circumstance, and I think that one of the reasons it's a rare circumstance is because um, men that dress up like women and make a, you know, make a really good pass at uh, dressing up as a woman aren't going to take guys home, uh, you know, and surprise them with a penis because <laughs> they know it, it, what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Save that for it Jerry is, Springer. It is, not, it is not very likely. Right. Now, very, you know, very unlikely. Actually, the more interesting thing, though, that you guys have been talking about has been this private police. That's, yes. uh, that actually has gotten me really thinking on some stuff that uh, I think Mark kind of touched on to it, that the police as we know it would not exist in a free market. You might have certain uh, investigative sort of um, agencies, but they might be more like a security company where you got an alarm, they put in some equipment. Uh, but as far as what people normally call the police, I, of course, I, I mean, I just have seen no reason why that would exist, because if you look at the history of policing, in America at least, the police, as we commonly think of it, is an, in, an indication of state crime. Because the police basically first started, as far as I'm aware, in the antebellum South because you needed a certain amount of police in order to keep slaves around. So mm. when you have an active criminal state, you have to have police. And nowadays it's done in the, in the, in the, in, with victimless crimes. But I don't think that the, poli- that the police department, anything that would be called that or anything that would function akin to the police department as we know it, I don't think that can exist in the free market because I believe that it is, a, it is an indicator of a criminal state. Well, many of the trappings would still, I think, might still be there. I mean, uh, certain certain neighborhoods might have uh, their security guards that would drive around on patrol. So there might be that sort of an appearance of the police. Um, you know, and certainly I, there could be armed guards and uh, and other situations like that. But I, I think you're right. Um, the, the, the police as they currently are would not be in the same way uh, as they could be in the marketplace. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, without victimless crimes... I think that even neighborhoods now which do pay for private security would find that it would be a complete waste of money to do so because you pay for private security largely now because, one, the public security is so ineffectual, and, two, the public security actually causes your private crimes by 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 criminalizing things which have no victim, criminalizing non-criminal behavior. It's true. There really wouldn't be a lot of work for the cops if there weren't uh, these victimless crimes for them to go out and enforce. I mean, they'd really have to be oh, yeah, investigating I mean, real crimes. It would be like having a. It would be like having a standing army with a strong non-aggression principle. I mean, why on earth would you actually keep a standing army if you have like if you have no ability whatsoever to deploy them? I mean, the the waste of money would would quickly cause people to to drop the whole idea. And I think the same thing when it comes to police. I don't think there's any way that you would have any sort of private police. In, an, in a world without a state, I think that the entire reason why we have anything that's recognizably police is because of the state. Very interesting, Rob. Thanks for the thoughts and the call. 800-259-9231. 
John in Oklahoma will talk to you about whatever you want. If you make the call, this is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you like. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, including a broadband version and a dial-up version. Both of them are for free. Freetalklive.com is where you go to tune that in. Carla Howell is the head of the Center for Small Government. Tom Cryer is known as the man who beat the IRS in court. Bob Schultz, the chairman of the We the People Foundation. All of them are working to end the income tax. All will be at the Liberty Forum. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And if you want to save 10%, don't forget to use the code 2008FTL, 2008FTL, all one word. That's, again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Don't miss it. Uh, Toby, are you going? Oh, yeah, of course. It's, it was a great time last year, and I imagine it will be a good time this year, too. Now, last year, uh, or this, I guess this year, it's still, okay. um, still 2007, but this year you did not do an episode of Free Minds TV from the Liberty Forum. You did it from Porkfest, mm-hmm. and I know that Nick, your co-host, who is here every other Tuesday, is, uh, was telling us you guys are talking about it right now. Yes, it's in, it's in the works. We haven't decided anything at least, but uh, hopefully we'll at least have a camera up there. If we're, cool. we're not doing a whole episode, we're at least going to have a camera, get a few interviews in there. Who knows, though? We'll see. Excellent. So not only will Free Talk Live be uh, broadcasting live from there on uh, Friday and Saturday nights, uh, and also you'll get to meet Toby and Nick from Free Minds TV over at freemindstv.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to John in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hello, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? I just wanted to make a comment, uh, see if you guys uh, came across that article about the uh, the large mayor's meeting that was held, uh, what, Monday? Yesterday. I have not uh, been in touch with my email box very much today, so it's possible someone sent it to me and I just haven't seen it yet. What, what it, happened? What, what it entails is uh, the urgency of uh, all these houses that are uh, people are just walking away from all the major cities in America, like Las Vegas, uh, Detroit, D- Detroit, Michigan, especially, uh, all the way down to Florida, to you know, in between. Yeah, so people are they just they're just stopping to pay, stopping paying their mortgages. They're leaving, and they're saying, "Oh well, um, it's not worth me trying to sell it. You can have it back." Well, what it's leading to is uh, the concern of the city. You know, collecting taxes because they're not going to be able to collect all these taxes. I'm sure that's of deep concern to them. That God knows they wouldn't care for a second about the American people and uh, you know, right? The, the, their ability not being to pay able for to their, stay houses. In their house. What really is important to them is keeping the bureaucrats employed. Well, the figures that they're throwing out. This is all estimate. This is for next year's figures. Some of these cities are talking uh, 1.8 billion, and it could even be higher per city. I, I, well, uh, the only thing I can say about that is good. Um, I, I sincerely <laughs> hope that these cities have to take a huge bud, budget uh, cut because but they otherwise won't. they're They'll never raise taxes. Yeah, likely they will, and then people will say, "Holy crap, I'm not going to live here." What the, what they need, what what some enterprising politicians will say to themselves is, "You know what? 
if we cut we cut some services here and uh, cut expenses across the board, we'll be able to provide a place that has lower taxes and people will want to move here. Hopefully, that's um, you know the marketplace, quote unquote, will uh, will will kick in. The marketplace of governments, you mean? It po- it could happen. Certainly, what, could. Le- what what this is leading to, though, when this happens going into next year, following up on your last phone call, uh, this is going to be uh, budget cuts, and that's going to mean cutting the police force. Well, maybe. I mean, that's certainly the most politically unpopular Likely the thing first, to cut. The, the first one, they'll, they'll go after the community centers and, uh, you know, th- right. those kind of things, the part-time employees. and uh, I doubt they'll go after I wouldn't, the police force. I wouldn't expect Their to see any cuts. Their union's too strong. I wouldn't expect to see any cuts. I'd expect, to see, uh, I'd expect to see increases in taxes in most places to try to make up for it. But I agree with Mark that, uh, you know, the fire department and the police department are, are very politically unpopular uh, bureaucracies to cut. So I don't see that as being very likely. But very interesting. Interesting call, and thanks for making it, John, 800-259-9231. Let me jump back into the email box here, because Ezra's not done with his questions. No, no, Ezra's got more questions He's got some good ones about the marketplace in general at this point. Uh, He says, uh, for you, the marketplace seems the solution for everything. This raises some questions. Number one, sometimes it's not profitable to provide services to somebody. What happens if those services are fundamental services? Like water, he says. Access to water is pretty important. Sometimes it will be difficult and unprofitable to provide water service to someone. Because of problems of maintenance or access, for example, how can this be resolved? Your first answer will no doubt be about price. price. You could charge a thousand bucks a gallon, and surely it would be profitable. But isn't that actually doing harm to somebody? Well, first of all, you couldn't charge a thousand dollars a gallon because there's a certain uh, point at which the market just will not bear it, and uh, you know it'll be more affordable for you to buy the Culligan man's water at that point, and you know bring it in that way if you're going to charge a thousand dollars a gallon. So you'll never get to that point. It will never get that bad. We lived in Sarasota, Florida, and it was more expensive to get water out to the islands. But they didn't pay any more for water out there. So the entire, the, the, the incredibly rich people that were out there on the island, they got their water for the same price that those of us in town who were closer to the, uh, mm. you know, the water treatment facilities got ours for. We paid, we subsidized the rich people. So if somebody huh. wants to build their house on the top of a mountain, right, I don't pay. see any reason that the rest of the people in the community have to pay to pipe that water up to them. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think it'll be $1,000 per gallon. I think what it would be is a hundred thousand dollar water installation project which likely they would then just go and dig a well because you know that what's that's what makes more sense but the the uh, somebody doesn't have a there's no such a fundamental service it, it makes it sound like a person has a right to water service right and they you don't, don't. I, I am not obligated in any way, shape, or form to pay for your water service. I'm not paid. I'm not obligated to pay to help you put it in. I'm not obligated to pay to subsidize your water service. And if you want to live in some remote backwater place because it has a great view or some other topographical reason that you want to live there, well, that's your problem. Is the way I see it. And I think he's presuming as well that uh, water can't be profitable. What are you talking about? I mean, as far as pumping water into people's houses are concerned, there's the infrastructure cost, right. there's a maintenance cost, and there's the treatment plant cost. Plenty of companies make money doing just this right, right now in the United States. You mean privately providing water yeah, to uh, communities? Do. 
They it's do. true. There were private uh, companies providing water in Sarasota, where I where I came um, mm-hmm. came from, and so it absolutely is possible. And it's relatively, it seems like relatively low overhead beyond the maintenance and the. Uh, you know, people might have to treatment. modify their, um, you know, their, their their lifestyles. Maybe they'd have to put a water tank on their property and then uh, have you know have a truck would come in and, and fill it up, or maybe they'd have to uh, you know do rainwater and do a certain Wells. level of purification. Uh, if you're on top of a mountain, a well might be a problem. But I don't know what you'd have to do. But you're getting water to your house is your, your problem business. and something you should think about when you build that house there. Well, a lot of his other questions have to do with the idea that there, that we have rights to certain services. Right. His next point is health. He says, surely I have a right to health care even if I can't pay. No, you don't. You don't have the right. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but if you have the right to health care, then doesn't somebody have the obligation to provide you with health care? Does that mean that um, if we didn't get enough people that wanted to be doctors, that we would force High school students at the point of a gun to go into college mm. with, uh, you know, to, to be doctors, because that's what the obligation would be. You don't have any right for anything that comes from outside of yourself. All your rights come from inside. And so, no, you don't have the right to health care. You have the right to the best health care you can pay for. And the fact is, if we got the government out of health care, and, and believe it or not, the government pays uh, over 50% of the dollars in health care paid by governments. If we got the government out of the world of paying for and regulating health care, then health care costs would drop. Yeah, um, remember when doctors used to take chickens for health care? Well, that doesn't happen anymore because there's the government's so enmeshed in it and it's so bureaucratic um, with the insurance companies and that kind of thing. If people relied on themselves and the money that they earned to pay for their health care, they'd be a lot more um, uh, thrifty Choosy. in the way that yeah. they um, they spent their health care dollars. Yeah, I have an old – my doctor is really old guy. He's still practicing family medicine probably when they first were giving chickens. And he's really cheap still. He only accepts cash, cash only. And wow. the, for doctor visits, it's about 20 bucks. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, more on the way here, 800-259-9231. The fact is, if you let the marketplace supply health care, it comes down in price and quality increases, just like in the computer business, for instance. Again, computers keep getting cheaper, but they keep getting better at the same time. We can have that in healthcare as soon as the government gets out. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com for as little as three bucks a month. You can help Free Talk Live uh, get on more radio stations across the country. We're on 31 of them as a of today, expecting hopefully to announce a 32nd tier fairly soon. Um, and all of these things are being made possible by your AMP dollars. If you're an amplifier, you can become one again at amp.freetalklive.com. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. By the way, the money does not go to paychecks. It goes right back in. It's reinvested into the program to, uh, to, again, advertise the show to more stations and spread the message of freedom and liberty and the free marketplace. In uh, the case of what we're talking about tonight, we're talking about how the market can provide um, services better than governments can. And uh, one of our listeners is somewhat, uh, probably somewhat new to the show and has outlined a number of concerns, and we've sort of been just going through the, the list of them here uh, tonight. He's concerned about the market and concerned about, you know, whether or not it can really handle providing things like water, 
Well, it can, and it does in some places. Uh, it's just if we get the government out, people in search of profits will step in. Competition keeps prices low, in- increases innovation, and uh, just generally increases satis- consumer satisfaction. But let's go on with his uh, few other uh, questions and objections. He says, protection. He says, if I have other rights, it logically follows that I have a right to protection of those rights without paying for them. How can that be provided to me profitably? Well, um, for, first off, you pay for the protection of rights um, when you're talking about police departments. You pay through the nose for police departments. Well, and they're not really protecting your rights. They're really more taking them away from you than anything else. I mean, the government, it outlines certain rights in the Bill of Rights. You know, you've read them, uh, Amendment 1, Freedom of Speech, Amendment 4, uh, the right to privacy and all of that. It outlines those and then proceeds to violate them and then pat itself on the back for doing so. So right now, the organization that's supposed to be respecting your rights is actually ignoring and running roughshod over them. So in the marketplace, you only have a right to what a private property owner allows you to do. You don't have a right to free speech. You only have free speech in the context of the government. So when you're on the government's property, for instance, you can say what you want. That's the idea, is that the government won't stop you, isn't supposed to stop you from saying those things. Right, but you can't come uh, to my property and stand outside my bedroom window and scream Inagata Davida as loud as you want at 2 o'clock in the morning. You cannot go to the movie theater and scream fire in a crowded theater. Not because there's a law against it, because the theater owner would be pretty pissed if you did that. So, again, this is all about private property, and private property owners can set whatever rules they want to. And you can yell and scream about your rights on your private property. So, in the world without government, you would only, again, have the right to do what you wanted to on your own property or on the property of someone who wanted to allow you to do those things. So, there would be no protection factor for your rights. It would just be a matter of uh, property, private property owners respecting certain commonalities and common rules between each other, and they don't certainly wouldn't have to. It's their property. They can do what they want. So, continuing, he says, More interestingly, a bank account, while not seemingly essential, it is difficult to operate without one and can be unprofitable to provide one. Um, you have a right to a bank, bank account today? No, you no. don't. I mean, there's no obligation for a bank to build a bank in your town. Um, you know, there's there's no law mandating that somebody built a bank in your town. The the politicians didn't decide to build that uh, in, that a nation's banker, uh, excuse me, Bank of America would come in and uh, build a bank in your town. Bank of America decided that, and you don't have a right to an account there. You have the privilege of doing business with them because they feel like doing business with mm-hmm. you. If you abuse that privilege with them, they will cease to do business with you. You don't have a right to a bank yeah, account. No I'm sorry that, that you think you do. Yeah, that was bizarre. I didn't even expect to see that one in there. That's and a little weird. The, the banks are doing fine operating in right. most... Can you imagine? The marketplace is providing you with this it, it, essential item, and the politicians don't have anything... Well, they do have some things to do with it. They tell you how the banks... They tell the banks how they have to provide this Banks would actually be better in a mar- more free market environment because they wouldn't be regulated by the FDIC, and they wouldn't be tied into this uh, fiat money system, the uh, Federal Reserve Bank, that basically allows them... They're allowed to, by law, to have this fractional reserve situation, mm-hmm. which means that if you give the bank your money to deposit... 
they don't actually have to have all of their reserves in uh, they, they don't actually have to have the full amount that they're loaning out to people essentially right they can have one tenth of the amount of the money that they're actually loaning out to people so essentially the banks are able to create money from thin air today sort of like the Federal Reserve uh, can create money from thin air and in a free market environment consumer demand would result in banks actually having to have things in a vault in order to back up the money that they lend out I could put my silver somewhere besides a safe deposit box. Yes, exactly. And of course, in a free market situation, money would be real money and actually be backed by value as opposed to the federal government's uh, fiat money that's backed by nothing but government promises. So the banking situation would be a whole lot better uh, in the absence of the government. Number two, he says, marketplace doesn't favor people with money. You actually stated this on air. How can this be thought to be true? I don't remember having stated that on the on the air, um, and I don't know what he's talking about specifically. He was referring to a caller, I think, who suggested that if you don't have enough money, you won't be able to buy certain service. You know, you won't be able to buy protection services and that sort of thing. And I think what I said was that there will be protection services available. They just won't be, you know, 24-hour protection detail. So the marketplace um, it scales to all sorts of different income ranges. For instance, well, if, you for go, certain. if you want to go and buy a hamburger tonight... You can you go can to go. Uh, McDonald's and get a double cheeseburger for 99 cents. Or you can go, like I did, to uh, Chalet Suzanne in uh, Lakeland, Florida, and you can pay $25 for a Yikes. cheeseburger. And that was 10 years ago. It's likely yeah. 35 now. Yeah. And it just depends on the kind of cheeseburger that you get. Well, and there's a certain point of diminishing returns, too. You know, there's a certain point where you're just paying for the ambiance and you're just paying for, you know, things to look at while you're in the restaurant. Kobe beef, baby. <laughs> he says, uh, he continues, he says, the marketplace is based on supply and demand, which creates price. He's correct about that. If you have more money, you can easily control or better, better handle either side of the equation. You can buy more legal representation, more doctors, more of anything. Well, of course. I would hope that we would have a court system that doesn't require legal representation. I think that legal representation is... Uh, that's where it all the wheels come off of it all from the get-go. Once the lawyers get involved, that's where the problems come in. Of course people with money can buy more of everything. Duh. I mean, the marketplace is certainly not yeah. going to... And that's how I don't it is today. What, even what his concern is there. Yeah, exactly. I don't either. It's very uh, very diffuse, very hard to get. You but he had a... Well, otherwise, it would have been a very long email. The, the beginning of the email, I, I really like. Mm-hmm. Now we're dwindling down a little bit. I actually, when I first started listening to this show, actually wrote an email very similar to this one, the first few episodes I heard. I never sent it because mm-hmm. I continued to listen and figured things out on my own. Ah. But I actually had one that was very similar to this one, written up, ready to send. I never actually got a chance to send it, though. Interesting. Well, he, uh, again, so just continue to listen. And <laughs> yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it. Oh, yeah. It, it We're does, consistent. Right. It does make sense. And it's okay that people with money can buy more of things. It's also the fact that people with money, if Buying they, things brings the price down for all of us. It's true. Uh, when newer technologies come out, like you know, um, plasma TVs and that sort of thing, obviously only the rich can afford them in the very beginning. And thank goodness that they buy these things because, again, it shows these companies that there is a demand and that tells them it sends them market signals saying, hey, make more of these. And then they make more and they can mass produce them and the prices come down as a result of that, buying things in quantity and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And, and again, prices come down, and innovation, uh, reduced costs, making chips smaller and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's actually good to have people with a lot of money in the marketplace. Number three, he says, and finally, is the current health system a good example of a marketized system? No, not at all. As we pointed out earlier, most of the dollars spent in healthcare are spent by 
governments. And when government is in any marketplace spending money, it throws off all the market signals and it screws things up. Then again, there's the uh, the regulation side of things as well. Government is highly regulating the healthcare industry, and uh, those regulations cost money in order to jump through those hoops, and those costs get passed on to the consumers. So no, the uh, current health system doesn't even come close to being marketized. He says, do you actually regard it as a free consumer-based market? How is that actually true? Do you think people really choose the doctor they use based on cost? Not enough. Not often enough do they do. do that. You can, because your doctor only accepts uh, only accepts cash. But in many cases, you've got these insurance companies which sort of insulate people from the cost of their medical care. They don't really know what the cost is when they walk in and they flash their insurance card. They know what their copay is going to be, but they don't have any idea. They're not shopping yeah. around. Why were they paying $10 a cotton ball? <laughs> right. Well, they don't know. They're not even in, they're not incentivized to shop around. Right. It they doesn't don't, benefit them. What do they care? They're, they they paid their insurance premium. It comes with their job or whatever, and uh, they don't have to check on these things. They now just got to pay their little 15 bucks. This isn't to say insurance would not exist. There absolutely would be health insurance. It's just that I think what you would see is what would become more popular would be disaster care kind of health insurance. And, That's what uh, I have. Like the medical savings account allow you to put your own money into uh, to a, to a savings account for health care. That way you are interested in pricing around. You are interested in asking what the costs of services are. And the more people that ask their doctors to actually price out their services, the more competitive doctors will become with the cost of those services. So again, not even close. This healthcare industry in America is more socialist than it is anything else, and all the proposals on the table from these government Republicans and Democrats are to socialize it even more, to make it even more government-controlled than it currently is today, and that's just going to make the problem worse. It has been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. We'll join you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.